Podge podcast. I am your host as always, D Hodge, but you guys already know that. I'm on Instagram at I am Mr. Dylan Hodge. The podcast is on Instagram as well at the Hodgepodge Podcast. Go sure and uh go surely go over there and follow us and you can get the updates there. If you're enjoying the podcast, you've always enjoyed the podcast. I really appreciate that. But I would appreciate you really much more if you would hit that five star review over on Apple Podcast. And if you would write a little review, that'll help us grow. If you're listening on like iHeartRadio or Spotify, just hit the little add button and there will be some feedback and have some stars on there. If you would do that on there as well, please. Now that all the business is out of the way, how are you guys doing today? What you guys up to today? Um, I don't really have much to say on here except for welcome to the third Halloween special Um these are these these are okay. They're not the biggest um, streamed episodes, but they're not the worst, and they're not they're not the least streamed. Um, they're okay, depending on how this one works, and throughout throughout the rest of October, we'll figure out if we're gonna do um, do it again and be have a season two of the Halloween specials next year. Um, so if you guys are liking this, be sure to tell your friends about these episodes and all the other episodes, and uh, that would that would be much graciously appreciated. The biggest podcast on here is well over a hundred thousand downloads and streams. Um, the second one is right around the corner, right on its tail. So, we had a lot of catching up to do on these episodes and the previous ones. Um, I think the biggest one so far has been Jeannie Seeley uh, the, for the past you know month or so. Um, but a grateful Halloween is almost here. October is almost over. We're going to push to Thanksgiving, and then it's going to be, obviously, December, which is Christmas. And then we're going to start the whole year all over again in January. And... We're going to see what it brings, but on October 31st, that is a Saturday this year, Halloween, there will be a special simulcast Halloween episode. It's not your regular simulcast um, Halloween special, because we used to come on, or holiday special, we used to come on here every holiday and just give our special thanks about holidays. I decided to take it a different realm this time. And we kind of just did our regular simulcast just at the end, shared a little bit of Halloween um activities there and what we used to do on Halloween and stuff like that. So a little different for you on, on, on the new simulcast. But without further ado, let's go over right now to the introduction to today's guest. All right, on the third Halloween special of the podcast this October, my guest today is John Steiger. John Steiger has a new book out called The UFO Trilogy. It leads with three UFO cases, the Roswell, the Rindenshaw Forest, and the Brooklyn Bridge UFO investigation. He's talking today about all three of these cases in which are significant in the UFO area, I guess you could say, the realm. Um, he's talking why these are significant to UFO and they're not like a missing person case or they're not, they didn't see military helicopters or military, why these are specifically UFO and alien. He's also chatting to me about being involved in UFO cases in the past 10 years, how he got involved in that. He's also going to give his thoughts on the Bob Lazar case. 
and also giving his thoughts on the Pentagon releasing UFO proof. You're going to hear what he thinks about that. Does he think it's real? Does he think it's not? Does he think it's just a hoax to get us through this coronavirus pandemic? Also, why do aliens abduct you? Are the men in black real? Who are they sent by if they are real? He also is giving details on his new project he's writing on the legendary Art Bell. And we have a great 15-20 minute chat just about Art Bell, the, the brilliancy of art and, and how John Steiger shows his respect throughout John's, John's career. All that good stuff. So without further ado, let's go over right now to John Steiger talking UFOs, Men in Black, Aliens, Everything, Alienation. Right here, right now. Man, I, my coffee just got done. It's early in the morning, man. <laughs> I understand. So, John, I thank you for being here um, today for the podcast. Um, I, I, I'm really appreciative. Yeah, no problem. So, kind of, before we jump into the whole grain of the sand of the podcast here, tell a little bit about yourself, who you are, and kind of what you're known for. A quick question. Are we on now? Yes, we're recording. We're not live. It's pre-recorded. Okay, fine. And is the audio good for you? Oh, Your audio is perfect. Okay. All right. Um, my background is... As far as UFOs go, I got interested in the subject by my mother-in-law uh, in the uh, 1990s. She was an Art Bell radio fan. She was an insomniac and couldn't sleep, you know, at, at night in particular. I mean, she was retired at the time, so she could sleep whenever, or do whatever she wanted, basically. So she'd listen to Art Bell at nights, and she'd talk, and and you know, tell me about him and Linda Moulton Howe and Richard C. Hoagland and the various UFO and paranormal guests that he had on. And, and she'd say, oh, it's also fascinating, but I'm sorry you have a day job, so you have to sleep and you won't be able to uh, um, to participate. So, But I, but don't worry, I'll tell you about them. And I'm like, no, th I'm thinking to myself, no, that's not how it's going to be. So I would put on the radio and listen to it at night. And I would wake up at times and listen to, you know, Art Bell show. I mean, not whole shows, but, you know, in, in part and um, get snippets of, uh, you know, the, the various UFO and paranormal topics that he had on. Um, but I was doing other things uh, at that time and not really concentrating on UFOs. Now, I, the first event I went to was a, um, a UFO conference in Washington, D.C. Well, yeah, it was in Washington, D.C. at the National Press Club here. And they had um, George Norrie and George uh, Knapp and Linda Bolton Howe all in attendance. So I got to see them all in one day. I couldn't pass that up. And that was put on by Steve Bassett. And then later he put on... Um, a large week-long event called the Citizen Hearing on UFOs. You could look that up if you're not familiar with it. He had something on the order of 30 to 40 witnesses uh, appear all in a single week before um, a panel of uh, former congressmen and congresswomen. And they went over all pretty much all aspects of the UFO topic, you know, like uh, UFO uh, crashes and sightings and Roswell and Rendlesham Forest, as well as um, they had some pilots who enga uh, allegedly engaged in dogfights uh, with UFOs. And then there was, a, a, he touched on alien abduction and uh, all those different things. So that was quite interesting. And then, and by then I was going to um, uh, meetings with um, the Virginia MUFON, which is the Mutual UFO Network, and they have monthly meetings uh, about UFOs and, you know, guest speakers and things like that. So anyway, I, I finally, in 2015, I went out to the Roswell UFO Festival, and they, that's another conference that they have uh, around the 4th of July, which is when the 
uh, Roswell crash occurred, and that's out in New Mexico. And I had a great time doing that. And I was by, I went by myself. And I was, as I was uh, driving home, because I'd driven out there rather than flown, um, I got to thinking that Roswell would be a, a, a great case because there's, it's so two-sided. There was the, the pro-UFO Roswell crash side, and there's witnesses. There's a lot of witnesses to this. No one knows, no witness knows the, the whole story, you know, firsthand directly. But if you add it, put all their testimony together, you can uh, come up with a, a, a pretty full comp uh, puzzle, completed puzzle uh, as to what went on. Um, and then, but on the other side, you have the Air Force, which is denying everything and saying that. Oh no! It's a, it was first they said it was a weather balloon. That was their their first report. They made two reports in the 1990s uh, about what happened at Roswell. These were, these are hundreds of pages uh, that they published, and um, so they they said first it was a weather balloon. Then they changed that and said, oh no, it's a special uh, weather balloon called Mogul Project Mogul, which is qu quite different than an ordinary. Uh, weather balloon. Uh, there were only so many uh, of them uh, um, launched, and it was only for a, a short time frame that that occurred. So anyway, they had uh, a mogul expert, uh, and they had uh, two other witnesses, which were the uh, prime uh, uh, human contacts in, uh, referenced in their report, along with uh, uh, other evidence from the, the time of Project Mogul, and some um, Really, uh, uh, it's a stretch, this this body evidence. They claim the bodies were probably um, human test dummies that they would throw out of airplanes to see how uh, what would happen to a body if it crashed. And But that was not done until the 1950s. But then they, they said there was, uh, uh, you know, t I don't know, time suppression or something to that effect, where wherein... Uh, that's got mixed up with the Roswell event in 1947. I, I find that extremely difficult to believe, and I think uh, most people do so uh, too. And I don't even put much of that into their into their case because it would it weakens their case. And I tried to be um, fulfilling to both sides. I mean, there are two sides to this. And so that's that's what is presented at in my first play, the Roswell trial. Um, a courtroom drama. And the interesting part of this play is, because I, I think a, a, a play, a, a, you know, thea a theatrical vehicle was, is the best to present both sides. That's what I came up with anyway on my drive home. And in order to um, do, do this and have it, have it right, even though it's not a criminal case, there's no crime here, it's still a civil case. It's a civil lawsuit um, between Citizens for UFO Disclosure, that's the plaintiff. It's a fictional group, but there's a lot of groups with similar names, so they could exist. And then the defendant is the United States Air Force. And what happens is the audience witnesses the play as if uh, a jury was witnessing an actual trial, and then the audience as jury gets to vote at the end of the play as to whether they the UFO pro UFO side should win or the anti UFO side should win. They're given a juror ballot uh, along with their playbill in order to, um, uh, to make that vote. And then at the end of the play, uh, the, the audience, you know, they're, they're briefly ushered out. Then they're brought back in. They give the accolades to the um, actors uh, and actresses that uh, were in the play. And then the judge comes out and uh, reveals the verdict because that would give enough time for the ba jury ballots to uh, have been counted. Now, I want to ask you a question here. Um, of course. I interviewed, I interviewed Calvin Parker uh, maybe about a year ago. And if you don't know who he is, John, I do he, know who he is. Has, we have, we have okay. the same publisher, Philip Mantle. That's right. That's right. The 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 flying disc. <laughs> yes, flying uh, disc press out of uh, England. Yes, England. 
Right. Yes. But for those that don't know who he is, real quick, he is a um, he had an he was abducted by aliens in Pascagoula, Mississippi, not far from where I live. And I went over to his house, and you know, was, this was his first. I did his first podcast and his first interview in a long time, and. I'm curious, and I bring that up because no one believed him for a long time. And then, so he just stopped talking about it. And then he brings it back up 20 or 30 years later, which is where he's at now, and he writes a book, and he does all this. But the thing is, his story doesn't change one bit. And I'm wondering, has someone ever come to you, and they're like, nobody believes me, I've seen this, I've been whatever probed, I've been abducted, I've been anything, nobody believes me. And their stories are just too good to not be true. Well, no, I've, I haven't been approached by UFO witnesses. Okay. I have, I have, I interviewed uh, Colonel Halt, which is one of the main witnesses with the Rendlesham Forest case, um, and I, I interviewed one other uh, uh, witness with that a case. He has a limited knowledge and and would prefer to. I don't think we need to mention their name. They're not a prominent right. witness, the Rendlesham. Uh, and then I, I met, I was fortunate enough to meet one of the uh, witnesses in my play, but I, I only spoke to her very briefly. She was quite elderly at the time. Her name is Frankie Rowe. That first time I was at uh, Roswell, she was there. And um, I, I see other people did the uh, investigation. What I did was I I went back and read all of of the the investigation that had been done. That was my research into it. And, um, I mean, I have an extensive bibliography for each of these plays showing the the materials that I accessed. And I highly recommended... I highly recommend many of the uh, materials in there for further reading. I mean, my... Plays are an introduction. That they're the they're the, like the Roswell case in a nutshell, or Rendlesham Forest, which is Britain's version of, of Roswell, and also a very important case in a nutshell. And the Brooklyn Bridge is a, an important alien abduction from the standpoint that allegedly the Secretary General of the United Nations, who has arguably the highest political position in the world political position in the world mm-hmm. um, was abducted by aliens from another from somewhere else in 1989 and against his will now that's the allegation now there's a lot of evidence on both sides to that and that's only one aspect of the Brooklyn Bridge alien abduction because another woman is named Linda Cortile um, was the the main proponent of that case. Uh, the Secretary General uh, did not come forth. Uh, and, and I mean, he, he passed earlier this year at age 100. And from 89 to the present, so I guess that's what, 31 years, um, he never uh, um, publicly admitted it. However, Bud Hopkins, and just to skip ahead a little to this one case, uh, this one aspect of it, Bud Hopkins has a letter on UN stationery in the style of an- uh, another authenticated letter from the Secretary General to someone else. But this was Secretary General to Bud Hopkins with signature indicating that Yes, I was abducted by aliens in 1989. However, I cannot possibly um, admit to that. It's it's just not what I'm. My official position cannot be that, and I don't have the letter before me as to what it exactly says. But this is this is an, a piece of evidence in contrast to the public pr- position of the UN Secretary General. In other words, he won't admit it publicly, but privately uh, he did admit it uh, in writing to uh, Bud Hopkins. Now, what what are you going to believe? Is that letter uh, authentic or is it a forgery? Uh, If it's a forgery, it's a very good forgery because, uh, you know, it has a lot of the elements of the authentic letter which Bud Hopkins has. So, 
anyway, this is just one of the, the, the many aspects of the evidence that you have to look at when you're um, examining these cases. Roswell has its controversial evidence. Rendlesham Forest has some controversial evidence. And Brooklyn Bridge perhaps has the most. Is there a story that you heard when you first started hearing about the, the aliens and the UFOs? That What's that one story that made you full-on believe that, okay, there really is other life out there besides the human race? The, the, be the best to me would be Roswell. Um, okay. Because of the... Um, you you can't get around the debris. They mm -hmm. they the debris the memory metal. There are so many witnesses. There's forty or fifty people. Now we don't have. You might find this hard to believe. I sometimes do myself. But we don't have officially. We don't have an example. Now I've heard rumors that there's someone who has. Uh, but they're afraid, you know, that the government's going to come in. Just like the military came in, and anyone who had a scrap or piece of the of the um, of this memory metal, which made up the component of the of the uh, ship, what what it would be is you 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 could crumple this metal up. It's extremely thin. It's like a gum wrapper, you know. I mean, or or cigarette paper. It's that thin, but it's metallic. Mm -hmm. And when you crumple it up in your hand and open your hand, it, it immediately releases and flattens back out smooth. You, in other words, you cannot crease it. Also, you cannot cut it with a knife. You can't pierce it. You can't burn it. It is that strong. Mm -hmm. You know how strong spider web is? This stuff... Right, it's way beyond spider web strong. Okay, and this is from 1947, July of 1947. That's when the 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 crash occurred, and that's when these this metallic debris is from. We didn't have that material on Earth anywhere. It's not a terrestrial material. Just wasn't. Okay, that's and that's one of the aspects. Then there was other. There was the um, the wood-like uh, uh, material that was kind of like balsa wood. Only it, again, it, you couldn't break it, you couldn't bend it. It, it was light, light balsa wood. That's that's the comparison to balsa wood. It's that light, and it had alien symbols on it, and mm. that was found in the wreckage. Now you have to wonder, how did the wreckage occur? This must have been an incredible explosion because the stuff that you're saying can't be destroyed or whatever ends up in pieces. Yes, that's, that's correct. And there's not a good explanation as to how uh, to account for what, how this uh, accident occurred. Uh, so... Uh, Supposedly, it, it happened on the night of a tremendous uh, lightning storm. And we believe lightning had to deal with it. In other words, lightning hit this ship and they weren't prepared for it. And something, I don't know if it damaged the system or whatever and, and blew up. But anyway, uh, the ship did crash. And not only did it crash uh, one place... It actually crashed two places. There are two crash sites for one ship. In other words, mm -hmm. it hit the ground in one county uh, called Lincoln County, which is in the a central county in um, New Mexico. It's not on the border with like Texas or Arizona or whatever. It's in the center of the state, south central, central part. Mm -hmm. And that's that's actually not... It's about 70 or 75 miles from Roswell. But, and, and that's where the debris field uh, was that the, the memory metal was located, not the saucer itself. And then, then there was a deep, long, well, I don't know if I'd call it deep. I think it was uh, one and a half feet 
uh, foot deep, something like that. I, I, I don't have the, 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 uh, abs- I don't have it right before me, but there was a, definitely a gouge, and it was uh, more than a football field long to my memory. And um, that is what, ha- what happened is it came down and like skipped came down so hard it skipped mm-hmm. like a rock hitting a pond you know and then it skips right and, the, and that that okay it skipped and it went it was going so fast it went like 30 miles over across the county line all in all likelihood it, it was in the next county over but it was 30 miles over it's it's just i i i always thought it was in the next county i've been told that it might not have been uh, the next county. It might be close to the county line, but anyway, that it's not far, like five miles or so um, to the west of Highway 285. And Highway 285 is the main north-south route into Roswell. And this this crash site uh, is about 25, I, I think it's 25 miles, 40 minutes, something like that. You have to understand the roads back then at 47 were not like roads today. I mean, they're, they're, they're just not nowhere near. I mean, they're two lane roads and, you know, not as well paved and whatever um, as, as uh, you know, late 20th century and, and 21st century roads became. So, I mean, this is before the interstate highway system, but it was, it's a U.S. highway now, 285. And anyway, the, that's where the craft ended up in a, in a field and yeah, in a field off that along with, uh, allegedly the bodies of, I think there were three, uh, bodies there and there were two bodies also on a hillside back in Lincoln County, about two miles from the debris field in um, mm-hmm. at, on the Foster Ranch, which is where the, the first uh, crash site was. All this is detailed and very well referenced in, in my plays, okay? I just... There's so much detail, it's hard to remember these the the exact facts. You know, I don't have them on my ting- right, fingertips. Right. And I'm also I'm I'm I am really shoulder deep into another project right now, which is, you know, I've been doing this for six months. It's uh, uh, this do you know who Art Bell was? You know who Art Bell was, right? The, I the- absolutely do know who Art Bell was. Okay. I'm doing a a project about Art Art Bell, which is it, it's a it's a it's mammoth, it's gargantuan, it's a gigantic proportion, and it's it's taking all of my time. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm doing it voluntarily, but unfortunately, there's so much fact and trivia and and you know detail to this that you know I wrote this I wrote the Roswell play in uh, 2016. I know the basics of the play, you know, and it's all there in the play and you get a great understanding of the Roswell case from reading it. Okay. And back up uh, in the bibliography, if you're interested in finding out more. Okay. And same, then Rendlesham and and the Roswell play took about a year, nine to 10 months to do the research, two to three months to write it. Then I finished that, and then I said, you know what, I can do Rendlesham Forest, too. Did Rendlesham Forest, again, nine to ten months to do the research, two to three months to write the Rendlesham Forest play. And then I said, you know, I'm going to do one more, okay? And so and I loved Bud Hopkins' book, Witnessed. His book is named Witness about the Brooklyn Bridge UFO alien abduction. I mean, sorry, Brooklyn Bridge alien abductions. I think that's the exact name of it great book okay it's about 20 some years old but it's a great book okay highly believable okay but if you go in and research the brooklyn bridge case you find out there's another side to it uh no one has really before you get into the 
Before yeah, you get sure. into the Brooklyn Bridge, I just have a quick question here about the Roswell. Sorry to interrupt you. Um, no problem. But, so we talk about the the memory metal and then the wood-like material from the Roswell case. You said it was right. back in like 1947. Yes. Obviously, I don't think then they had the skills that they have now or the technology that they have now to make alien-like symbols on any type of thing. Um, but so it was obviously not human humankind the memory metal, the woodlock material, but what were the people or the government saying that this was? Was there ever a solved, okay, this is from they deny, this they, and this? They, they, say it, they say it's a weather balloon. They say, they say okay, um, it, it's a weather balloon, uh, and and the, the it wasn't memory, like uh, mem- metal, didn't have, that wasn't the case. Um, they say that, um, the wood was um, like a balsa wood from from a weather balloon. It has these components, and and it came from this toy novelty company, which had did put some things on it, you know, like flowers and and I don't know bells or or you know some like toy novelty stuff. And they're saying, oh, that's the alien writing that they were talking about. And then and there's another thing, and this is a even better component perhaps is there was there was a uh, a translucent like wiring similar to modern fiber optics but fiber optics didn't exist in 1947 to my understanding but this was found again on that foster ranch debris field not a lot of it necessarily the the memory metal was by far the main component but there was some found there and you could take this wire up, hold it up, and light would transmit through it. So that's why I said it was translucent. You know, from end to end, you could see the light through it. And this has been uh, taken to be some type of uh, fiber optics, which, again, did not exist on Earth at that time frame. Yet the military says, oh, no, no, it was just common, uh, it, well, Ultimately, it was a mogul weather balloon, but a, a mogul weather balloon uh, uh, weighed less than five pounds. Um, and it just, you know, it wouldn't cause the, the groove, you know, that, that, that. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's just, it, it doesn't add up what they claim. And also it wouldn't crash in two places. Weather balloon doesn't sure. ju- skip you know, 30 miles, you know, it's just, it's lightweight. I mean, it comes right. down. It's so, it's so small. Once it's so small, once it fall, it just break into pieces, you know? Correct. Correct. But it wouldn't scatter anywhere. They, they said the debris field was like three quarters of a mile long, three quarters of a mile long. Well, the balloon doesn't have enough material to go for, you know, and, and this was a lot of debris. They couldn't pick it up in one night. It was so much. They had to send military out, from the base, 70, 75 miles away, out into the middle of some field, way out, you know, in, in you know, it's a sheep field, basically. And um, send them out into the heat of, of July. You know, New Mexico is really hot in the, in the summer. Um, and send them out and pick, go and police the area, pick up every little bit of memory metal, you know, these little pieces like gum wrapper and whatever, that they that, and you know plus the wood and plus the translucent wire if they found that, and that that's what they had to do and they did that for, uh, I think it was like two days they sent them out once they found that that wasn't found um, right away they found the site up by the the highway near Roswell because it was much closer to the military base see Roswell was the headquarters of a major air force base the the planes that bombed japan with the nuclear uh you know the nuclear weapon uh, drop on uh, atomic bomb on japan were based in roswell they came out of roswell because the remember we tested the nuclear weapon before uh at the trinity site which is in new mexico and now it's a national park white sands national park so anyway i mean these these things all they make historic sense, but trying to, you know, it's, there's a lot of information here. Anyway, 
my play tries to boil it down and make sense of what happened at Roswell. You can find out all the basics in basically one evening's re, uh, setting, one setting and, and one evening's reading. Okay, you can do the same with Rendlesham Forest the next night and then Brooklyn Bridge the, the, the uh, next night. So you have, you know, three very interesting nights of reading ahead of you and you can, and that's what, that's what this is about. If you can't, if they don't have the uh, put on the play, which I, I'd love to see the play put on. They've not been put on uh, yet, but anyway, I mean, the, the, at least the, the, you know, the, uh, the script is there for reading. Mm-hmm. One more, one more question here, and it's kind of a very curious question. Then we'll move on to the Brooklyn Bridge um, alien abduction here, um, if you're cool with that. So, I was talking to this one guy, and he was telling me this story about he knew a friend that had supposedly seen this UFO and these alien, and then these men in black came, and all of a sudden he doesn't remember anything. It's, this is the friend doesn't uh, remember anything, correct? Correct, correct, correct. Well, then how did, how was he able minute, to tell it if he doesn't see, remember? See, that's what I'm saying. This is this is this leads to my question, which is: Are men in black real? And if so, who are they sent by, and who do they work for? Because obviously, if they flash your memory, you're not even going to remember them coming. So that's so that. Right, why my question is: Are they real? Okay, I. I honestly, I haven't studied them in depth. You know, I've, I'm I'm familiar with them. I've heard them. I haven't I haven't even seen the movie, but uh, you know those movies, popular movies. But I would, you know, I wouldn't go by that. But um, but from what I, I think the best, well, one of the sources that I've read. Have you ever heard of John Keel? The he name is the familiar. Mothman I don't know if I... prophecies. That that book. Okay. 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 Yes. Men in black are in that book. Okay. They're they're referenced in that book. So that's just one one place I know I've read about them. Now, he doesn't explain if they're their government or alien. I think he hints that they're alien. But you know, you hear different explanations. Like, you know, in the movies, they these are government agents as far as I know, but there's also the fact that they, they may be um, aliens dressed up, uh, uh, you know, to be like humans. Um, but again, I'm not, I, I'm just, I'm not the best person uh, to answer that question sure, because sure, I just haven't sure. done. Okay. Sure. No, I got it. So the third and final play in the UFO trilogy is the Brooklyn Bridge alien abduction. So talk about that, because that sounds interesting. It's actually actually the Brooklyn Bridge UFO investigation. I would have loved to have called it alien abduction, but Bud Hopkins used that in Witnessed. And this is not the play version of his book. It's not, okay. uh, and and I and I so I didn't want, I want a distinguishment from that. It's not called witness the Brooklyn Bridge UFO investigation either. It's called will to believe, because what I am emphasizing is a certain aspect of the case. To be quite honest, having read his book, and at that time I was convinced, this is, this is amazing, that the UN Secretary General was abducted, but then read the, the um, other side's information. And in this case, much more so than Roswell, much more so than Rendlesham Forest, I think the critics have, uh, I mean, skeptics, I should call them, skeptics have some more points on their side. Now, that does not mean that it's a hoax. Um, at one point in the play, the main, there's one, okay, this play basically, 
it's such a big case and there's certain things that you just you can't do well on stage like have car chases okay or have uh abductions by kidnapping people off the street and into cars okay and that's those are some things uh that linda said happened to her and she was taken uh you know out to long island and held prisoner at a house well i didn't um that that's not portrayed in my play but what is portrayed is her regret hypnotic regression which is one of the tools that the uh investigators like bud hopkins used for people who uh, say that they've been abducted by aliens to aid their memory so and it's a controversial tool too and i don't completely go by it but anyway she was regressed at least twice and i show those and she acts out on stage what happens during her abductions during the actual abductions which don't last all that long necessarily it could be 45 minutes could be an hour maybe a little bit more but that's how long that the aliens take you for it seems not i mean they like travis walton they took for days but that was uh, not a planned abduction but a lot of times um it's just not a super long period of time but while it's going on and you're being victimized uh it's certainly uh you know every minute and every second could be excruciating to you um so why do aliens abduct a person are they just trying to run tests like if we saw an alien we would take it and run it test you know is that kind of what they're doing well that that happens to a lot of people a lot of okay See, that gets into the whole, I guess this is really the, the, the play, that, that it's about alien abduction. How frequent does it happen? That's one of the big points. And what, what happens to people? I do believe there are people who have been abducted by aliens. I believe that. I don't think it's anywhere near as frequent as some of the... Uh, investigators such as David Jacobs and Bud Hopkins allege. I just don't think it's that prevalent. Okay, I don't know how prevalent it is, but I don't. I don't. I think some of it is accountable in, you know, nightmares or or just you know people making things up. Uh, unfortunately, this you know. There's, there's, there's that that has occurred in Roswell. That occurred in Rendlesham Forest, and it also occurs in alien abductions to, I think, quite an extent. And that takes away from the real cases, which seem like the Calvin Parker or the Travis Walton, or you know, cases which you know really solid. The Linda Cortile case. I think something happened. The skeptical character claims, they say, Linda's case is either real or a hoax. There isn't any middle ground. Either abductions really happened or the whole thing is a scam. That's the uh, that's lines I gave to the skeptical character in the play. That is not my belief about the Brooklyn Bridge case. I believe there's something that happened. I believe there's also some embellishment, which seems, you know, it Unfortunately, that can happen too to a legitimate case and kind of throw it out of whack because then once there's embellishment, then you have a hard time separating truth from uh, fiction. And unfortunately, that is what I think has happened in the, in the Brooklyn Bridge case. But what you can take from the Brooklyn Bridge case, and this is the, here I'm giving away the main thing that my play tries to convey the main point and that is about the will to believe and the need to have an open mind to this sort of thing and that i end the play with the following this is by bud hopkins stating this he states the ultimate question we must ask ourselves is not whether we believe the question we must ask is whether or not we have the will to believe. 
In other words, the will to believe is a prerequisite to belief in UFOs, belief in aliens, belief into the whole the whole subject. And that's what this play is about. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a a, a a scenario here which ultimately can strange can, can stretches your credibility to quite quite a degree. And sometimes I'm incredulous about it, but I maintain the will to believe throughout. Just a few more questions here, and uh, and and as we wind down, what I want to get your take on something that happened a few months ago, which probably a lot of people don't don't realize happened due to the pandemics that were going on. So the Pentagon admitted to that the UFOs or some kind of unidentified objects are real, and that the UFO program that they said closed down still actually exists. So what are your thoughts on this of when they came of the when they come out and they say, Hey, look, we've been lying to you guys in, in, in so many words, you know. There really are UFOs. Not 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 they didn't really say there was aliens, but they did say that UFOs are real and there are objects we can't explain. Okay, but that does that does that get you though to to aliens? That's the question. If there's an right. object out there that we can't explain, does that get you to aliens? Is that logically, is that the, is that a must that you have to go to that? Or is that just a possibility? Do you see? And that's why, mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I, I have not, this is another thing that, you know, I've been too caught up in the Art Bell stuff and whatever, and, you know, just life. Uh, I haven't focused on that, but first of all, if the military made an mission, I suppose that's good from what I've, my experience through, uh, both Roswell and Rendlesham Forest, at least back then, you can't trust the military. You can't with it when, when, when it comes to UFOs, you can't trust the military. You can't trust the government. Um, it's it's there's a deep state here that's in control of these things uh, is the best that I can, I can figure and they're not willingly putting it out except for disinformation they will put out disinformation and try to miss you know uh, mislead you and 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 stray you off the the correct path and so I I'm I have great misgivings about the military and the government with regard to that. And I think that continues um, from Roswell and Rendlesham Forest to today. I'm not sure. I don't know that this admission, I, I've, I've confess, I confess, I, I haven't looked into it greatly, but I don't know that this is, I don't believe it's the whole truth. Put it that way. It may be a half truth. But but a whole, the whole truth coming clean, letting go with their files, showing the memory metal to us, showing the ship, showing if they have alien uh, bodies still, if, if they haven't repatriated them, and who knows if they have or not, or or and they they might say, well, we had to give back the wreckage too. I mean, there's all kinds of things that they could say, but they they must have photographs and and you know, other evidence that these things happened and they're covering it up and they may, you know, this is just a very small aspect of, of what they, they have in my, in my view. Again, I'm I'm sorry, I'm not really an expert on, on, can't give you a, a, an, an expert answer to, to what you just asked, but. That's no, you're okay. You're okay. I, I just wanted to get someone that knew more about this stuff's opinion before I go and assume something, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's very – listen, there's – you really have to do 
research on the topic and it's not going to be something that you can answer get a full complete answer overnight you get you really you need to look into it now there's other people who have done uh work on the subject and you you can uh, you know you have to find you have to find what the literature out there and find out okay examine that literature and try and find out what you believe but the thing is don't just grasp for the first thing because there's also frauds out there and there's people who will easily lead you astray and this is in the pro ufo side okay there are i'm not going to name names here but there are people who claim to be you know ufo experts and with great knowledge and insight into the whole mystery all they're doing is they're trying to get money for themselves fame for themselves and uh, to be honest they don't know what they're talking about or they don't care they'll say whatever they feel like uh can keep them uh you know relevant in the field and and you can see through these people um, many times i can't say that i you know, no one, no one's perfect and can see everything, but there are, I'm just, I'm warning, this is a warning that sure. don't believe everything in, in the, in the, in the field. And for the people on the other side, they're, oh my God, they're, they're just, the, the skeptical community is, that it's, they're large, these are, these are people, the will to believe is really addressed to them. It's like, how can you have such a closed mind that you won't accept anything that, that, you know, any case they look at and they immediately try to debunk it, you know? I mean, and sure. it's just, it's just, uh, they are a really pathetic lot, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Couple last questions here. Um, when people think of aliens, because I know when I think of an alien, I'm thinking of what they show on TV, you know, little green creatures. But apparently, from what we've seen in stories and in people's, you know, they we've been abducted, we've been this, especially the Calvin Parker case, which I've realized is, that's not all the case. You know, they, they can make themselves into human or they can be different um, – Different colors, different statures. So my thing is, are there different races of aliens? Do you do you think there's different races of aliens, or do you think there's only one race and they can make themselves look like whatever they want, kind of like a chameleon, I guess? No, I believe there's they're different and they and they likely come from different places too, and they not might not all be extraterrestrial. They could also be interdimensional. Um, I mean, there's this, you know, there's Space is a vast place, and there are many potential homes aside from Earth for advanced, you know, creatures of advanced intelligence. Some may even just live in space, don't have a home planet or something. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they may be that, that, you know, their home planet got, you know, either it got destroyed or they, you know... uh, you know, environmentally crippled it or something, you know, and they have to go around and anyway, the thing is Calvin Parker's aliens is, is a good example. I don't know that there's any other aliens that are exactly like the ones that he and, um, right. I think he was with a guy, his first name's Charlie. I think I can't think of the, the last name. Um, but, but, uh, Calvin was quite young. He, I think he was 19 at the time. And then he was with an older right, gentleman. Yeah. yeah, who was like 40-something. Charles like Hickson. Charles Hickson, right. Yes. Their aliens are a lot different than the ones, say, in the Brooklyn Bridge or um, the ones uh, that, you know, at the Roswell crash. Um, I mean, they just, they run the gamut that... Uh, my, the cover of my book, which is now that before we run out of time, it's available on Amazon. Uh, you can either buy it as a, uh, uh, it's not a hard copy, but there's, it, you know, as, as a book, it's a large soft cover book. And it has a, a beautiful cover, if I do say so myself, with 
two different kinds of aliens right on that cover. I mean, they have the little gray ones, and then they have the uh, one tall, blonde Nordic, which is another. And then there's all, you know, reptilians, and there can be uh, light creatures, you know, creatures of, of that live like in light, okay? I mean, that that's just couple of examples of, of the different types of aliens that there can be. Um, but anyway, it's available on Amazon either as the, the, the paperback or you could buy the, uh, the uh, electronic uh, version, which is quite, quite affordable uh, for your Kindle or whatever uh, means you download it. I'm not that familiar with electronic books, but they're a lot more f- affordable than the, uh, the others. But I still like... Uh, uh, having a, a tangible book that I can hold in my hand. So anyway, that's where the, the, the book's available. Um, I'm sorry, did, was there, is there some other aspect of the question I didn't answer? Oh, no, no, you're good. Uh, I was just fixing to uh, wind down and actually uh, have you promote your stuff, but I think you did a great job there. Thank so, you. I, I, actually, I didn't want to forget it. <laughs> Philip would be on. Uh, no, no. <laughs> No, okay. I have it written down here to actually have you promote it. Um, Excellent. I haven't. I haven't actually read the book yet. Um, it just the, the the idea behind what I read, what um, um, Philip sent to me was like, oh wow, I can get this guy on. But I'm gonna read it here soon. I'm gonna order it here soon, and I'm gonna read it. And you guys should read it too because these three stories that he's told it goes into more depth. I've, I, I, I'm assuming in the in the in the book and shows the plays but john i appreciate you coming on here and once you get that art bell book out um we'll, we'll love to have you back on and come talk about that yes it's not it's not it's, i doubt it'll even it's be gonna, next year it's, it's, it's gonna, gonna be a while be, <laughs> it'll be well first of all it i also have it's multi-volume it's multi-volume okay and i mean it's 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 there's, he did 1,900 shows, 1,900 yeah. at least 1,900. I mean, I find more some, at times. It's it's really like 1,920, I think it's, and that's over a period of about 25 years. Now that some years he didn't do any because he was you know in retirement or or you know he was over in the Philippines and and had uh, you know various problems, health issues, whatever. But other time, I mean, he he could do. Um, well over 200, at least three of those years, he did well over 200. And, and that's a lot of radio. I mean, we're, you're talking four or five hours per night, night after night after night, like five nights a week or something like that. It's a lot. That's a, it's a, it's a lot to have to be on. You, you know how difficult this is. I mean, I don't think you're doing uh, to that degree. So you can really appreciate what he uh, um, what he undertook, right? And 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 also the fact that I respect him in a sort because, you know, not a lot of people believe in this alien UFO thing because I think a lot of people are closed minded and they believe what you're taught in school and they don't educate themselves enough. And I think that's a respect thing for Art Bell was he believed in what it, 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 he believed in so much of what he believed in, and he actually was like, look, here's what I'm going to do. And he knew his stuff. Like he, he didn't just get on there and ramble. He was, you know, he actually researched it to do, like he said, five hours a night, five days a week. You know, I'm doing four shows a week and they're like an hour interviews. And then it's just like, I can't imagine doing 25 hours a week, every week, you know? And so it, it, it is a respect thing. And sometimes you do dreamland too. That'd be three more. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, right. uh, well, he did it. He did it while, you know, you, it's like once you get hot, you you want to do it because, you know, it's 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 your prime time. And then, you know, you never know when it will be taken away from you. You don't. You, I'll, I'll, leave, I'll, I'll tell you this. You cannot predict the future. I, I don't care who who thinks they can. You can't. You don't know what's going to happen um, next. So, you, you know, the best thing to do is to, you know, live your life, which you only have one of to the fullest extent that you can daily, daily, daily. I mean, uh, uh, you know, go for it. And, and uh, 
don't let uh, anything hold you back uh, that uh, that you're able to surmount. Now, I understand, you know, money and, and time are uh, um, things that can really uh, uh, trip you up, but you know, you have to you have to have a good plan for uh, for what you're doing. Anyway, that's uh, some unsolicited advice there, it's, it, but it's good advice. Um, Great advice. Yeah. So anyway, but now, well, with Art Bell, the other thing is the, the thing, the the biggest drawback I found so far is that he he had a lot of people on there. He had a big heart, and a lot of people took advantage of it. Uh, and I, I mean, there's just some out and out frauds on there. There's, there's no getting around it. And, um, I'm trying to figure out how to address it because you want to make sure, I mean, some of the frauds are obvious. Some of them are not as obvious, you know, it's, it's a whole range, but, um, but he would let people go on there and, and, you know, Basically, he helped them to be entertaining. They they were helping his program, and he helped them to be entertaining. But it was uh, fantasy, basically. This it's an indulgence in fantasy. Now, that's not the whole show, of course. There's there's a lot of interesting and important factual information uh, to be gained from it, and that's that's what I'm trying to to uh, extract. Well, man, I think you're going to do a great job from what I, uh, the little stuff that I've read that Philip has sent me over. I think you're going to do a great job with this art bill. I don't think there's another guy uh, that could that could do it as well as you can with all the research that you that you do. Because I know a lot of people will do research for a book and they'll spend you know two months doing research and then the book will not be anywhere near what you thought it was going to be. Uh, I can't. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's a, <laughs> there's an off. The art belt, it's an awful lot. It's an awful lot. So anyway, a lot. I, I mean, there's days, there's days I'm, I get, you know, um, you can get depressed, you know, it, it's, oh, it's just, yeah. look at, I mean, oh, yeah. I've done, I've, I've done out of 1900 shows, I've, I'm on my, I'm on number 31 or 32 right now. And I've, I've been doing, <laughs> and this is six months. Okay. So I, if I do, if I do, um, say 50 in a year, just to make a round number. If I did 50 in a year and there's 1,900 of them, uh, what is that? Uh, that's, uh, that's, is that 38 years? Oh, my God. I don't know. It's it's two, 100 would be two years, 19, yeah, 38 years. But I yeah. do know that it's not as bad as that. I do know it's not as bad as that because the, there's, the lines what. The nights when there's open lines, and there's a lot of them. There's a lot of open line nights, and there's a lot of nights when it's partial open lines. Those, you can do those quickly because there's just there's just a lot of it's interesting, but it's it, there's a lot of crap in there, you know. And it's it's it just it goes faster. And there's also some other show, you know, like the prediction shows, and um, also it's hard to to do justice to the ghost shows they're interesting they're very interesting but i'm not i'm not gonna you know write down every ghost story that somebody tells it's it's i'm just uh, look there's you know i let people um um go this is the night there was a ghost show listen to here's where you can get the tape go for the ghost show if that's what you want i mean i'm doing i'm doing you know uh basically a catalog of all the shows and then, uh, you know, stats like how many times this guest appeared, that guest appeared, you know, and, uh, you know, some statistical breakdowns like that. And then and then go over the what I feel are the uh, most important shows um, in, in depth and detail. And that's where it really uh, takes the time. Well, John, I know you got to go. Um, I appreciate you being on here, but I really, really do. Thanks Thank you very it. much for having me. I appreciate it. I had a, uh, a very interesting chat with you, and uh, I look forward to it. If, if uh, Assuming I can get this Art Bell, uh, uh, at least one of the books done, um, <laughs> come back and 
uh, we'll go over all of that. Because uh, I, Lord knows that Art Bell is unfortunately he's being forgotten. I'm trying to preserve right. him, so we need to get him, uh, you know, back in the spotlight and uh, give people a reason why to listen to uh, old Art Bell shows. Because uh, I mean, the shows will sell themselves, but you have to get people willing to go, go take a listen. And I'm going to give them the reason for that. Well, that sounds like a plan, man. Um, again, I want to thank you for coming on my um, my show here for the Halloween special. So yeah, these this won't air till like sometime in October. Um, so okay, that's fine. Whenever you decide. All right, <laughs> All right John. I appreciate you. Have a good one. All right, you too. All right, bye. Take care.